0: Agatha Christie's Poirot. From the thrill-packed stages of Agatha Christie's unforgettable stories of corpses, clues, and crime, Mutual now brings you, complete with bowler hat and brave mustache, your favorite detective... (laughs) Hercule Poirot, starring Harold Huber in the case of the careless victim. Before meeting Hercule Poirot in his first American adventure, it seems only fitting for the millions of faithful readers who have followed the little Belgian detective's career in book form to meet the famous lady who created this famous character. So it is our privilege to present a message from Agatha Christie introducing Hercule Poirot from London, England. The next voice you hear will be Miss Agatha Christie. Go ahead, London. Due to atmospheric conditions, we have been unable to bring you Miss Christie from London. However, we have a recording which she made earlier today and which was transmitted by short wave to this country. We present it now.
1: I feel that this is an occasion that would have appealed to Hercule Poirot. He would have done justice to the inauguration of this radio program, and he might even have made it seem something of an international event. However as he is heavily engaged on an investigation about which you will hear in due course, I must, as one of his oldest friends, get for a point. The great man has his little foibles, but really, I have the greatest affection for him. And it is a source of continuing satisfaction to me that there has been such a generous response To his appearance on my books. And I hope that his new career on the radio will make many new friends for him among a wider public.
0: Thank you, Miss Agatha Christie. And now, Mutual presents Hercule Poirot in his first American adventure The Case of the Careless Victim.
2: Mademoiselle. Huh? This is the cozy home apartment renting agency.
3: Well, we got something to rent, yeah.
2: I have the desire to rent an apartment.
3: Who hasn't?
2: Uh, please, mademoiselle, do not jest. Hello. I have with me a brief dossier of my requirements. Please to read it.
1: Well, all right. Uh, Gentleman desires a bright sun sunshining apartment of a reasonable quietness near the heart of the city. Should be furnished with the utmost charm, French uh, provincial if possible. Prices have no consequence, as long as it is very reasonable. Hmm. Please communicate with me at the Hotel Windsor. Hercules, T-O-I-R-O-T. Poirot.
2: No, 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 Mademoiselle. The name is Poirot. Hercule Poirot. Well, I wish you luck, Mr. Poirot. Finding an apartment, Mademoiselle, is not a matter of luck. It is a matter of employing the little gray cells. If you can find an apartment for me, please do me the kindness to inform me.
1: Sure, if you'll do something for me. And what is that? If you can find an apartment for me, please do me the kindness to inform me.
4: Going up. Floor, please. Number five. You
2: are new
4: here, no? Uh yes, I only came on yesterday. You're Mr. Perot, aren't you? Waho. Oh, Perot, uh, one of the boys pointed you out. Hey, that's uh, it.
2: Oh, oh, a thousand apologies, madame. I'm
3: not at all. It was entirely my fault. Uh,
2: madame, uh, perhaps I may be of some slight assistance.
3: No, I... Well, if you're sure you don't mind.
2: But of course
3: not. You see, it's my door. It won't open. Ah, and
2: where is this afternoon door? It's eh? right
3: down the corridor, room 515. If I may have the key. But that's just it. The door isn't locked. I left it open only ten minutes ago.
2: Indeed. Madame is very trusting, eh? Well, uh,
3: it is. Mm-hmm. You see? It's it's stuck. It won't budge.
2: It is not precisely stuck, madame. It gives a trifle. This door is barricaded. Oh, my goodness. Uh, voila, she moves, eh? Uh-huh.
3: Oh, thanks a million. Now, what do you suppose... No, that...
2: wait, madame. Perhaps it is better if I look first. Ah, love. It. it is as I have feel. What is it? You do not know? Look.
3: Oh, it's a man. You see, you see.
2: Oui, madame. He has been strangled. Oh. This is murder. Zit alors. I must compliment you, madame. Your color is excellent. And you did not even commence to faint. For one reason... I don't
3: fall apart in a crisis, if that's what you mean. And furthermore, I'm not madame. I'm mademoiselle, by choice. Miss Abigail Fresher. And now, if you'll get that uh, corpse out of here, I'd like to sit down.
2: That I regret, I cannot do, mademoiselle. The body must not be touched before the police arrive.
3: Police?
2: Well, yes, of course, the police. I am calling them now. Hello, hello. Ah, Inspector Stevens. It is I, Hercule Poirot. Alas, no, I have not yet found the apartment. But I have found something uh, perhaps more interesting. A corpse. Hmm. Right here in my hotel, room number uh, five
3: fifteen.
2: Uh, number five fifteen, ti- mademoiselle. What are you doing with the body?
3: Nothing. I was just trying to his face. You will but...
2: have that opportunity later. Pardon, Inspector. We are room 515. Bien. We shall expect you immediately. Eh, dear Miss Crusher, Now that you have observed the face of this unfortunate one, perhaps you will be good enough to tell me who he is. I
3: certainly will not. Who do you think you are? Ah,
2: mademoiselle, permit me to present myself. I am Hercule Poirot, formerly chief of the Belgian Sûreté.
3: Well, that's what you say. Now, look, Mr. Perot, I've read plenty of detective stories, and none of them had a detective who looked anything like you. I'll wait for the police and let them ask the question.
2: As you desire, mademoiselle. I merely wish to point out one thing. It is you the police will question first. Me? But, of course, you are the most likely suspect, no?
3: All right. What do you want to know?
2: First, what are you doing here in this hotel?
3: Why, I've lived here for ten solid years, ever since I left West Custico, Maine.
2: And what do you do? What is your occupation?
3: Why, uh, I don't have any office. I've got a little income, and I like it here in New York. And the last few years, I've been doing war work, uh, Red Cross, and things
2: like that. You seem a travel big, mademoiselle. Now, about this man, who is he?
3: I don't know. I never saw him before in life. Mademoiselle, I advise
2: you to consider your answers with care. Do not forget, a man lies dead in this room.
3: I can't help that. I don't know who he is or how he got here. I told you I was out of the room for ten minutes.
2: That may be, Miss Crusher, but it does not help you this man has been dead for at least one hour. How do you know? If you will touch the body, you will observe it is already beginning to cool. Therefore, mademoiselle, if you left this room only ten minutes ago, your situation is indeed grave. For this man was already dead.
3: Oh, but I couldn't have done it.
2: So, and why not?
3: Because his body was lying right across the doorway. You know perfectly well I couldn't get out through this doorway and still leave a body wedged against it. Belgian surety indeed. Mm.
2: Very good, mademoiselle, but... You could have murdered him in here, make your departure by way of this fire escape through the room overhead, and come down inside the building to this corridor where you so innocently made my acquaintance. You see, there is evidence that the fire escape has but recently been used. Now it is not so amusing, eh?
3: I don't care. I had nothing to do with this. I know you, detectives. You're out to get a suspect, and just because a man was murdered in my room... Gently,
2: gently, (sighs) ma'am. All is not lost. Fortunately, you deal with Hercule Poirot, who goes one step beyond the obvious. You see, this poor man was not murdered in your room. He was killed in the room overhead.
3: But why? Why kill him upstairs and leave him on my doorstep?
2: That, mademoiselle, we shall discover in due course.
3: All right, Mr. Perot, now that you've got the corpse safely locked in my room and us outside, what am I supposed to do? Sleep in the fire escape? I do not think that will be necessary, mademoiselle.
2: You are coming with me to the lobby where we shall wait for my friend, Inspector Stevens. He will see that you are comfortably sheltered for the night.
3: Oh. Uh, tell me, Mr. Perot, how did you figure out that the murder took place upstairs? Is
2: it not apparent, Miss Tresher? Uh, please to squeeze the bell for the elevator? I look out of your window and observe the fire escapes. And what do I find? Everywhere the dust reposes peacefully. Well,
3: naturally. The help is too busy to polish fire escapes. Ah,
1: mademoiselle, but on one stairway,
2: the one leading up from your window, all is disarranged. There is a broad, clear path through the dust, and it is precisely the width of a human body. And since the path extends only to the floor above, it is obvious the body has been dragged down from room 615. Also, on the garments of the dead man, on the trousers, the left elbow, and across the shoulders, there are unmistakable traces of rust. Ah, voila, the elevator. Go on down. Monsieur, would you be good enough to explain why you were so long in arriving? Huh? Oh, uh, it's this
4: old car. Every once in a while it goes on a fret. Comment? On the free? Uh, Out of
3: order. Yeah, it
4: got stuck on the night. You have been on the night floor all this time? Yeah, that's right. That is difficult to believe. Why?
2: Because the indicator has been pointing to the basement.
4: Ah, oh, that indicator. As soon as anything goes wrong, it
2: flops. I am not so sure that is true of the indicator. But unquestionably, monsieur, it is true of the too clever murder. As soon as anything goes wrong, it flops. The inspector Stevens, there is the situation. An unknown man strangled to death in one room and dragged down the fire escape to another. Poirot, if this body is the person I think it is, the
0: commissioner will have
2: my head. Please. Ah, mon ami, forgive me, you seem agitated. And we are warned, too. I assign my best man to guard him, the smartest cop in my force,
0: Sam Trimble. Good Lord, Poirot, there'll be an international scandal.
2: Gently, you, you go too fast, even for Hercule Poirot. Oh. Who is this magnificent figure of international importance? Parrish, Jonathan Parrish. Parrish? Ah, oui, the name rings a bell. He is the big currency
0: expert, eh? That's right. He's on his way to Europe to set up the new paper currency for the liberated countries. Checked in at the Windsor today. Was supposed to pick up some papers, dyes and inks, and then hop a
2: bomber tonight. The fifth floor, please. An enormous undertaking, And one of great
0: importance. And I was responsible for his safety. He's supposed to be an eccentric sort of guy. And no photographs, no publicity. Trimble was the only man in on the force who knew him at all, and Trimble
2: failed. Do you see what this means, Barrow? I see only this, my friend. We have arrived at the first step in the solution of this distressing murder. For now, we know the motive. This way, Inspector. This is the room. Uh, Mademoiselle Thresher, your key. Here
3: you
2: are. I'll never live this down. Oh, you exaggerate, mon ami. Even the best of men sometimes fail. Regard, Inspector. Here is your corpse. Hmm. They certainly did a job. Ju- you are shocked, monsieur. Poirot do you realize what's happened? But of course, Inspector. It is not Jonathan Parrish who has been murdered, but your own faithful policeman, Sam Trimble.
0: Well, that's not very funny. You knew it all the time. Pardon,
2: mon ami. I knew nothing of the sort. But you distinctly told no, me... No,
0: Inspector.
2: You told me. To me, the dead man was an unknown corpse. It could be anyone. But when you speak of two men, one a wealthy financier of international importance, the other a police officer, by employing the little gray cells, it is not difficult to conclude that the corpse with the large, high, comfortable shoes and the plain suit is the policeman. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. Monsieur, I... there is no time now for the profuse apologies.
0: hey oh, you're right. We've got to get to Parrish at once. The poor guy doesn't even know his bodyguard's gone. Hello, hello. Operator, what room is Jonathan Parrish in? Huh? 6.15. Hold on. Oh, that's the room directly over this one where Trimble was killed. Precisely. Operator, let me talk to Mr. Parrish. I
2: think you will find the gentleman does not answer. Why not? Oh, obviously. He would not witness a murder without reporting it. On the other hand, he too, may. Good be... Lord, Poirot, do you think he's dead too? it? Well, we know he received a warning from Hillary Kent. I do not follow you, Monami. What? Huh? Oh, I don't blame it. Hillary Kent is a criminal egomaniac. Ah, one who commits crime
0: cheaply for the pleasure of battling the police, eh? Exactly. Well, this Hillary Kent, or somebody who calls himself Hillary Kent, is one of those guys. He pulled off a few clever jobs and got away with them. We don't know anything about him, but whoever he is... He's got to get his thrill out of every job.
2: So he makes it a rule to warn his victim. Ah, we oui. I know well the type. And Monsieur Parrish, I take it, has received such a warning. Right. Now you see why I assigned my best man. Yeah. but now we must hasten upstairs to Monsieur Parrish's room. Already it may be too late.
3: Now I'll go too. I don't want to stay here with this body.
2: You'll stay right here, Miss Thresher, until I Inspector, give you permission. if you do not mind. Myself, I am not averse to Miss Thresher's company. I find her very intriguing. <laughs> But naturally, you did not expect the murderer to sit down and wait for us. You will have to employ the poskey. key. Remember, Miss Thrasher, you're not to touch anything. It's
3: perfectly all right. I'm wearing gloves. The
2: inspector is thinking of fingerprints. Why I do not think he will find any. Monsieur Kent, or whoever the killer may be, is too clever to leave any such traces. Well, yeah, maybe. But I want to be sure we don't lose even the tiniest clue. An excellent approach, mon ami. There are many interesting things we may learn here about Monsieur Parrish.
3: He certainly gets around a lot.
2: Oui, the labels on his luggage are from the four corners of the earth. Mr. Asher, I said you're not to touch anything.
3: Oh, for goodness sake, it's only a book. Books may be of great significance.
2: Ah, oui. This one, for example. It is no ordinary book. It is a stamp album of great value. Mm. Some of these stamps are almost without price. Ah, ah, very interesting. This Guatemala blue... Put up your hands! Follow you... Oh, Don't move! I said don't move! Have no fear, monsieur. I will not dispute the authority of your gun. Mister, you can't get away with this. Put your gun down and talk fast. Who the devil are you? But obviously, Inspector, this is the man we seek. Monsieur Jonathan Parrish. That's just who I am. All right, speak up. Which one of you is Hillary Kent? Hillary
0: Kent? Yes. Well, now, wait a minute, Mr. Parrish. You've got this all wrong. I'm Inspector Stevens, Homicide Squad, and this is Hercule Poirot, the famous Belgian detective. Ah, so you say.
2: You don't look like policemen to me, particularly that little squirt with the silly mustache. Eh?
0: You stay right
2: where you are till I check on you. Eh bien, Monsieur Paris, now that you are satisfied as to our identity... Well, I've heard of you, of course. You're supposed to be the greatest French detective in the world. Oh, always people say that about me, Monsieur, but it is not entirely true. I'm not French, I'm Belgian. Hmm. Well, I wish you'd all get out of here and leave me alone. I'm expecting my daughter, and I don't want her running into a room full of policemen. But, monsieur, you are in great danger. You must be protected every moment. You offering me police protection? (laughs) Not worth a hoot. I beg your pardon? That's what I said, not worth a hoot. I have protection. Some detective they assigned to me. Where is he? He is dead. When? He was murdered in this very room while protecting you. Therefore, if you do not object too violently, I shall undertake to protect you until you step aboard your airplane. All right, all right, stay. I don't know how long it'll be. I'm just waiting for one little parcel to be delivered. Then I'm off. Monsieur, taking with him, much equipment? Yes, quite a load. I've already sent most of it off to the airport. Ah, bon, that is good. Miss, don't eat that chocolate. It may be poisoned.
3: Oh, nonsense, this candy isn't poisoned. I wouldn't be
2: too sure. That box of candy supposedly came from my daughter, Law. Was delivered a little while ago. But you suspect she did not send it? Well, she's supposed to come here in person.
4: Should be here now, in fact. So why should she send it?
2: You are very shrewd, mon ami.
4: Oh, oh excuse me. Wait a minute, Johnny. Come back here. what do you want? Uh, nothing. I, I I just wanted to see Mr. Parrish got his extra laundry box, okay? Yes, yes, I received it. Okay. Excuse me? I uh, picked up a few more things to take along special
2: dyes and inks. They'll just about fill up that laundry box. Uh, excuse me, I've got to go into the bedroom and
3: finish
0: Crusty old bird, isn't
3: he? How would you be if you knew somebody was out to kill you? No wonder he's
2: jittery. Ah, he is irritable and nervous. That perhaps explains it. Explains what? Why he wears upon his feet that unique pair of socks. One of which is green and the other brown. All right, if a man wants to be eccentric, let him be. I've still got a murderer to catch. Do you want to come along? No, Inspector. I have attached myself to Monsieur Parrish, and I
0: propose to see that... Come in.
2: Inspector... One of the men found this on the sidewalk outside the hotel. Thought you might want to take a look at it before turning it into the lost and found.
0: Okay, Brady, thanks. (coughs) Lady's purse. Usual assortment of stuff cosmetics, perfume, change, keys. You make
2: any of the Poirot? Oh, sacre bleu. What is it? These initials L.P. Uh, Monsieur Paris. Eh? What did you say was the name of your charming daughter, Laura?
3: Oh, Lord. L. P. Laura Parrish.
2: Poirot, where are you going? I have a little idea. Uh, Memzelle Please do accompany me. How about Mr. Parrish? You were so attached to him. I have become momentarily detached. I leave him in your care, Inspector. Protect him with the apple of your eye. <laughs> Come, come, it will not be the first time you have left the elevator unattended, Monsieur Jandi. Come along.
4: Mr. Perut, you're wasting your time in this basement, believe me. Nevertheless, it interests me. Please to light the way. There's nothing here, just a lot of ash cans. One moment. What is behind this door? Well, uh, that's the laundry bin. We keep the solid uh, sort of linen in there. You won't find anything in there. We shall
2: take one brief glance, eh?
4: There, you see. Nothing but a pile
3: of dirty
4: sheets and pillowcases. Good gracious, what a laundry bill they must have. Eh
2: bien, let us proceed to... One moment. What is it? Suck, a here protruding from under these sheets. <gasps> Holy cow. A foot, a small foot, this is what I feel. Look! Ah, it moves. Then we are not too late. Quickly, monsieur, help me to uncover her.
1: That's all I know, Mr. Poirot. I was walking along the street toward the hotel. Just as I passed the alley, I was pulled in. I tried to scream, but something was pressed against my mouth. La
2: reform, Miss Parrish. Oh. Had you seen your assailant, you would have seen Ilary Kent. Hello, Miss Parrish. You are most fortunate. Another few minutes under those linens, and who knows? Voila. Here is the room of your father. Inspector Stevens, here is Miss Parrish. Oh, well, that's a relief. Come in. As a point, for her, you turn up with a body. How'd you manage to find her? That is not important now. We have found her but we seem
0: to have lost the father. Oh, yes. Uh, Miss Parrish, I'm sorry. Your father's terribly upset about you, but his material was, de- was delivered and he had to rush off to the airport. Oh,
1: no. Don't tell
3: me I missed him after all
2: this. Ah, my pauvre petite. We have neglected oh, I... you, eh? Uh, Miss Thresher, your room is now free of corpses. Please take at Parrish down and extend to her the first aid.
3: Come along, Dora. Thank you.
2: Inspector, I hope you do not later have cause to regret that you permitted Parrish to go off to the airport unprotected. You'll be all right. Besides, I've got a job to do here, although, frankly, I'm in a complete fog. I can't make head or tail of the whole business. No, Stephen. The head and the tail, we have. Why? Yes, it is merely a fragment of the middle that we still lack. Well, who is it? Hey, where, where are you going? To see how Miss Parrish is, and to telephone the airport to see that Mr. Parrish receives the proper attention. Au revoir. Au <laughs> revoir.
3: Oh, where are you taking
4: me now? I'd like oh, to Mr. have... the. Some... Mr. Mr. Hello?
3: Someone calls? It's Johnny in that park car. Uh, Mr.
4: Perrault, I got a message for you from Inspector Stevens. He rushed off a minute ago. From Stevens? What is it? What is the message? He says he just got word that Mr. Parrish has been seriously hurt in an automobile accident on North Salem Road. Um, yeah, this is too much. Uh, you ought to get there as fast as you can. Here's the address. 52 North Salem Road.
2: Monsieur, your duties for the day are over. Yeah. And this is your vehicle? Yeah,
4: why? There is no
2: time to seek a taxi, so I will impose on your kindness. Miss Tresher, quickly, please. Okay. North Salem Road, right? No, to the airport.
3: What? But Mr. Parrish isn't at the airport. He's injured on North Salem Road.
2: No, mademoiselle. That is what I was intended to believe. Do you not think so, Johnny? He is not there, I assure you. How do you know? Well, North Salem Road is not on the way to the airport. It is in the opposite direction. This is merely a trick to keep us from the flying field. We must hurry there before it is too late.
3: Well, the airplane is still there, but I don't see anything amiss. Omit- Voila, over there. Parish oh, is large as light.
2: Yep, it's them all right. Come along, please. Uh-huh, both of you. Uh, Monsieur Parish, Monsieur Parrish. My daughter. Is she... She is at the Hotel Monsieur oh, She has had a small misadventure, but she is entirely safe. Oh, thank heavens. You are relieved, eh? Am I? I? I don't think I'd have gotten on that plane if you hadn't found her. Fortunately, I didn't have to. They've been delayed a little. For all. Inspector Stevens, I knew you would not walk into the trap. Yeah, but as usual, you beat me to it. I was halfway out to North Salem Road before I realized I was cooking. Eh bien, here is Mr. Paris and Sound, eh? I suggest the bomber be inspected with great care. There may be a sabotage. Good idea. Also, have all the doors of this building, guarded. Uh, Mr. Perot, do I have to hang around here? But of course, Johnny. We may require you for our return trip. Oh, Monsieur Parrish, here is your pilot to approaches. Oh, we're
4: ready now, Mr. Parrish. Yes,
2: thank you. Oh, Captain, here comes my luggage. Will you see that it gets aboard? All right, sir. And be especially careful of that wooden crate. <laughs> well, goodbye, Inspector. I must admit, you've been extremely helpful, and I'm much obliged. Not at all. Goodbye, and happy landing.
3: Goodbye, sir.
2: Sure, Poirot, it's been a privilege to know you. i only sorry I couldn't remain to see you break the case. But you have, monsieur. I beg your pardon? The case, it is broken. Inspector, meet Hilary Kent, the gentleman to whom you have just wished bon voyage. Hilary
3: Kent? You're a man, Of course, wishes? I thought he was Paris.
2: And that wooden crate, which I have waited so long to see, it is not to be moved, Inspector. Why not? Because, mon ami, it contains the body of Jonathan Parrish. <laughs> Charming restaurant this, nest The plane circling about give one the feeling of flying, eh? Mm, the
3: feeling I've got is that fine gives you. Keep me from it. Oh,
2: that is natural. I, too, do not like murder, Miss Russia. Hi, Inspector Stevens. Everything is taken care of? Yeah, they're taking Kent away now. Then perhaps you will join us in a little supper. Oh, thanks, Poirot. I've got to get back. I uh, just dropped over to ask you a few questions. For example? Well, when did you first suspect that Kent was impersonating Parrish? Almost from the start. When we enter the room of Monsieur Paris, what do we find, eh? An amazing paradox. On the one end we have a man who is an ardent stamp collector whose album is in perfect order. Each stamp, each shade of stamp, precisely in its proper place, eh? Except the most valuable one of all, a Guatemala blue reposing among American three-cent stamps. Later, when I look at his socks, one green and one brown, I am certain. The man in the room is colorblind. And therefore not perish the stamp collector. More important than that, he cannot be perish the currency expert who is to select the colors and shades of the new paper money. Eh? Therefore, if the man in the room is not perish, who is he? Obviously, Hillary Kent.
3: Then why didn't you arrest him right away?
2: Because without a body, one can approve a murder. And I felt sure Monsieur Kent would lead me to the body.
3: Then you weren't guarding him, you were watching
2: him. Precisely.
3: Well, you weren't so smart. When you let him out of your sight, he might have gotten away in the plane.
2: Not at all. When I called the airport, it was to make sure that the plane would not leave until I gave the word.
3: You know everything, don't you?
2: Some things are obvious, Mendeve. We can suppose Hillary Kent discovers the nature of the mission Monsieur Parrish is engaged in. Ah, what a magnificent opportunity for a swindle, eh? Perhaps the greatest in history. To remove Jonathan Parrish, fly to Europe as Parrish, deliver the papers, uh, the formulas, uh, the dies to the proper authorities, and then, at the moment just, counterfeit a new currency and reap a huge fortune. Jumping codfish. The man must be mad. Perhaps, himself, but he is also a genius, eh? He learns that Parrish is at the Hotel Windsor in room 615. He knocks on the door. Parrish admits him. Man is at once strangled to death, eh? But the body. Ah, that must be disposed of. Where well, no one will find it. There is but one thing to do. Take the body to Europe in the very packing case which stands in the room. Then you just guessed where the body was. No, no, Inspector. There was proof in the room. You remember the second laundry box which Hillary Kent asked for? This is for some special inks, he says to us, which I have only now purchased. Obviously, this is a lie. On such a mission, one does not purchase supplies at the last minute, eh? Hence, I know that these inks and dyes have been removed from some other box of crate to make room
0: for the body.
3: Precious, it's as plain as the nose on my face. Uh, what about Laura Parrish?
0: Oh, I've got that figured out. She calls up and says to Kent, Pop, I'm coming over. Of course, he can't allow that or the jig's up, so he gets down to the alley and eliminates her. Right, Poirot?
2: Exactly. As for poor Tremble, he has been with Parrish. He knows him when he knocks on the door and Kent appeals. He demands to see Parrish. Kent kills him, and since the packing case is already occupied, drags him down to Mr. Esher's room.
3: That was his big mistake. He should never have started up with me. <coughs>
2: Excuse me for a minute. I think that's the morgue wagon pulling in. Uh, Mademoiselle, may I ask you a question of a personal nature? Oh, wait. Uh... M'selle Abbey, you are not now engaged in your business enterprise,
3: no.
2: eh? Are you fluent with the shorthand and the typewriter? Why, yes. Bon. M'selle, I find you both intelligent and amusing. A rare combination in a woman. Moreover, I am in great need of a secretary with your superb qualifications.
3: Why, Mr. Perot?
2: Who you do not yet employ the little gray cells to the best advantage. Nevertheless, if you are interested...
3: Oh, Mr. Poirot, for ten years I've been devouring detective stories. And you ask me if I'm interested. Chief, you've got a secretary.
0: Well, Poirot, i am taking Kent away now. I guess that
2: winds up the case. Not quite, Inspector. Tell me, uh, where does Monsieur Kent reside? We found a lease on him for an apartment in Gramercy Park. That is a good neighborhood? Oh, swell. It's right in the heart of the city. But why do you ask? I do not think Monsieur Kent will need an apartment for some time. But I do. You see, my friends, it is as I have said. To find an apartment in New York City is the essence of simplicity. One has only to solve two murders.
0: Listen next week when Agatha Christie, America's favorite mystery writer, brings you her favorite detective, Hercule Poirot, starring Harold Huber in the case of Murder by the Sea. Agatha Christie's Poirot is directed by Carl Eastman.